You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. Welcome to Alouette's Flight Tech, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I am Tim Capper, along with the B.A. Baracus to my Hannibal Smith, Cliffy D. <laughs> I love it. I was expecting you to go, what you talking about, fool? <laughs> I, I thought the whole pity of the fool thing Oh, you could have done uh, that one. <laughs> uh, I, I just thought it would be too cliche, but uh, I like it. I like it. I, I just need the fan to go with it, you know, because that was a badass oh, that, fan. Yes, that was a badass fan, I will admit. Yeah. Um, the only thing, if you're going to do an A team reference, though, don't you? We need like two other co-hosts, don't we? Well, no. See, well, I, I could have said you were face. I, I could have been face. I mean, nobody wants us to be as crazy as Murdoch. I mean, that could be the lunatic. Ah, I like I, it. You know. So. Yes. Okay. So then, okay. And, then and, we and, need. And my question to you is, though, the original or the movie? Oh, the original all day long. I agree I, with you. Yeah, no, George Papard was the guy, and then, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, the 18 movie was, it was okay. It had its moments, but I remember, you know, the, the whole thing where these shows, you know, these days it's shows that will have a special long episode after the Super Bowl. The A-Team premiered after the Super Bowl. It was the show to premiere after the Super Bowl that year. Uh-huh. I don't remember what year was that. What what year was that, man? Got to go all the way back and check. 1983. Wow. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I liked it. That show was good. That show was good. That that, that was the that was the next next gen uh, stupid stunts and stuff like that. And like Dukes of Hazard and you know. I, I mean, you talk about things that are like quintessentially 80s. That was definitely 80s. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I agree with you. I agree. And I find it's funny that we talk about the A-team when, in reality, we're kind of the podcast for what's really now the (laughs) (laughs) B-team. Well, it happens. Uh, (laughs) As I said, we just need to get past three wins, dude. That's all we need to do. Well, it's... uh, uh, Time's running out on that one. Yeah, I know. Three more games. Two. Oh, yeah, too. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> let's, let's, let's not prolong this. Yeah. <laughs> we have to. Yeah. So something came out of the blue, um, which we're very happy to announce. And I think, Cliff, I'll let you take the lead on this one because this is like a collab on both of our parts. Um, but uh, we have a sponsor for at least for the rest of the season, at least for the 2018 calendar year, I guess we could say. Um, mm-hmm. Cliff, and go ahead and tell let everybody know, Cliff, what we have, who we've partnered with, and uh, what it's about. Well, I'm very happy to announce that the Montreal or the Alouette's Flight Deck will now be brought to you, folks, by the wonderful folks at Tarps Apparel, who have, if if you've been paying attention on social media, they've been doing an excellent job of getting the word out on their amazing apparel, specifically player T-shirts of classic CFL players, 
And uh, I'm, I'm talking about names like uh, Louis Pasaglia, Angelo Mosca, and for you Alouettes fans, the great Peter Dallariva. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm very happy to announce that uh, we'll be working with them to uh, to help promote each other a little bit. And also, too, uh, if, if you get the chance to go check out their uh, website, please do, because they've got some amazing, amazing stuff. Even if you're not a fan of the Alouettes, they've got all the... All, all, all the CFL teams from back in the day, yeah, they a lot of the players there, and the T-shirts are extremely high-quality material, great stuff that looks fantastic. I mean, it's just just really cool stuff. So feel free to check them out. Uh, shoot them a follow on Twitter, at, at Tarps Apparel. And uh, we're, we're very excited to be working with these guys for the rest of the 2018 season. There's not a whole lot, much of it left, but uh, we're definitely going to, See where this goes, and uh, we're we're very excited to have the uh, the good folks at Tarps Apparel on board with us. Yep. If you also head over to tarpsapparel.com, that's where you can go and check out all of the uh, all the different players that they are offering for these shirts, uh, whether it be the portrait shirts that they have, um, or it's just a regular something to do with these guys, with all stars, or or something specific from their from their careers, as as Cliffy was saying, from uh, Angelo Mosca, Chris Walby. Uh, Earl, the Pearl Winfield, George Reed, uh, Gizmo Williams, I say Louis Pasaglia. Um, and there's two shirts for everybody, I think, for most. Um, Paul's Baldus, Dennis, and Peter Della Riva. So go ahead, say, go over to uh, tarpsapparel.com and check them out. And uh, as I said, uh, give, them a, give them a follow on social media and on. Uh, as uh, Instagram and on on Twitter, uh, I, I know it, it kind of it came up in my feed for Instagram. That's how we uh, we I think we both saw it, I, and uh, we I think we basically uh, contacted each other at the same time, and and we made a uh, uh, you you I'll give credit where credit is due. You made a pitch, and uh, and voila. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely no, I'm I'm very excited at the potential that this partnership has, and uh, I, I'm. I'm really hoping that we're going to be able to announce some very exciting news very soon. Uh, again, I'll uh, I'll just leave it at that for now because I don't want to jinx anything. But uh, we've got a couple of projects uh, in the works uh, between us and Tarps, and uh, I'm really excited to be able to share that with you folks when the time is right. So by all means, stay tuned, keep listening. Mm-hmm. And just so everybody knows, uh, any of the shirts that you do purchase, a portion of them actually are going back to the players themselves. Through the uh, through the CFL alumni, uh, is it the CFL alumni association? If I remember correctly, I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what better way to to uh, to promote the league, your favorite players uh, from across the league, and to give them a little bit of a uh, of an incentive themselves from these shirts? Uh, again, by heading over to, to top tar, tarpsapparel.com. So, two games left. Uh, the first of a home-and-home home series versus the Toronto Argonauts. Um, we, you and I both went into this game uh, more on a positive note, thinking that you know we could possibly get past the three-game, uh, get past that three-win uh, wins of the season and bring it to number four, and no. <laughs> just to be blunt. Just to no, be blunt. The... It, it's, yeah, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, the Toronto Argonauts decided no, we're not having that. We're not not in our house was their clearly their their motto. Even if they're only performing in front of maybe what 200 fans, 
they decided, no, you're, you're not going to embarrass us in our house. We can do that very well just ourselves. Thank you very much. You know what's funny is that they actually announced 14000 <laughs> was, was it come dressed as a chair night or something? Uh, it, it, I don't know, but I, I just got the numbers for I just got the numbers handed to me, and it was just over fourteen thousand that they actually announced. If you say so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alouettes were out, uh, lost the game by a score of twenty six twenty two. There were some positives. There were also some some negatives in this game too. The Alouettes got outscored in the second half, sixteen to eight, and the. You know the the Alouettes blew a was it a twelve point lead in the fourth? Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was a twelve point lead in the fourth quarter. Yep. Um, and you know by all means, Cliff, the, the game itself, you know, stats wise and everything was almost identical. You know, it's not that they that they were on. I, I don't know what the halftime numbers were when it came to time of possession, but uh, you know everything was almost identical for these two teams, and just that the Alouettes just could not get it done they couldn't hold them off you know the defense had been playing well for the past couple of games but you know when your offense does really nothing for you in the second half and an, and an untimely uh, uh dpi that sets up the winning touchdown uh, there's really not much you can do but it, it was just an overall failure in this game itself cliff so it's uh you know I, I really don't know where to start. I mean, it's, you know, the, the, the Argos came into this game as the team that had the least amount of sacks in the CFL, and the Alouettes gave up three, mm-hmm. which I was, you know, at one, you, know it, you know, that's fine. They didn't give up their six, but still, they gave up what they did. Um, I mean, but again, there were some pauses, but uh, there were a lot of negatives, I really think, and it, it just added to this thing. It's a game that the Alouettes should not have lost. Should not have lost. Not at all. Um, Johnny Manziel was, uh, he was, hey, 23 of 30, 220, one and one. That's half decent. Um, uh, William Stanbeck, 10 attempts, 118 yards, his first 100-yard game in the CFL. Uh, Manziel had four uh, for 38. Uh, Pittman had four for 15. Um, but I, I, 10 for 118, I think the biggest standout was that 72-yard gallop. It was in the first quarter, I think, right? Yeah. And just like, unfortunately, that's happened to the Alouettes all year long, and more recently than not, is that these long plays, and the, 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 we think the Alouettes are going to go somewhere with them, they stall, and all they get out of them is either a field goal or nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of razzle-dazzle, a lot of things that will get people just that little glimmer of hope, like, hey, they might do something here, and then... Yeah, at, at best, you can hope for a field goal, which, again, you are I've said before and I said it again, you're not going to win games strictly on field goals. No, no, you're not. No, you're not. Uh, Eugene Lewis led the team with, uh, hey, he was perfect for the day, dude. He was eight for eight, eight targets, eight receptions, 100 yards, his first 100-yard 100, 100 receiving game in the CFL, one touchdown. Um, Ernest Jackson, uh, 60 yards on six receptions. Uh, TJ Graham had five, excuse me, had uh, three for 39. Uh, Bowman, uh, Bowman got one. Stanback, Johnson, Pittman, they all, they all had a reception or two. Um, but it just was not enough, you know. Uh, Franklin for Toronto was 26 of 37, 277, no touchdowns and two picks. Um, yeah, one was a pick six, which I really thought was going to, I thought that was it. I thought that was the sealer. I really did on that pick six. 
yeah, Tavon Campbell with the pick six. And yeah, that really should have been the nail in the coffin for the Alouettes to just finally get that fourth win. But again, they just they just let Toronto hang around. They let them just chip away slowly but surely. Like there's a field goal here, a field goal here, and just all of a sudden you see the lead just sort of just make its way down until yeah, we finally get finally have a chance to close the door and then as you said, defensive pass interference call puts Toronto right at the one yard line, just like they scored their first first touchdown. James Franklin just sort of stumbles in, uh-huh. st- stumbles in again for another touchdown. So, and at that point, you now put the pressure on Montreal to get that touchdown to win, which they would have had to do. A field goal wasn't going to do it. They were down by four. They needed a touchdown, and it was. I, I think a lot of people were really hoping for Johnny Football to come out and make that amazing comeback. And well. That didn't quite happen. No. Uh, Franklin, uh, he was the leading, tied for being the leading uh, rusher for the for the Argonauts. Uh, getting Those two touchdowns, by the way, uh, did tie him with D- Doug Flutie for the most rushing touchdowns by a quarterback uh, in a season? Is it in a season? In a season, yes. Okay. okay. Um, e- uh, Edwards was their leading receiver with 106 yards. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I mean, it's just everything seemed to, everything seemed to be okay for this team. Yeah, the, the, the stats themselves were, I'd say, were almost identical across the board. Um, but th- no, I mean, the the biggest standout really, you know, the possession was almost even. Uh, they kept their some. Uh, they really didn't keep the penalties. They didn't check. They had ten penalties. But but I think the really big thing that hurt them the most, and we'll get to the defense here in a minute because there were some some, some great um, uh, some, some some great uh, debuts by some some Alouettes. Uh, but the thing for the Alouettes was the field goals, two for four. Yeah, you can't you, you can't leave points out on the field. You definitely can't just walk away from with just ruches either. Like it's it. It's embarrassing, quite frankly. I mean, it's not like we were expecting Boris Bay to be draining 50-plus yard field goals on every attempt. I mean, no, these were, I wouldn't necessarily say chip shots, but, but someone with a, a talented lake like his to miss field goals, it just was not ideal. Let's just leave it at that. It, it was not what we've come to expect, especially, too. It's not like he's had, like, opening night jitters or anything like that. Like, this, at this point of the season you got to be making these are the kicks you've got to be making heaven forbid if montreal was actually a competitive team this year and had to rely on field goal kicks like this this guy should be money all day long and he hasn't been no no he hasn't and we'll talk about it a couple mi- more in a minute is very very interesting post game uh what did happen at post game um some good uh debuts for the alouettes um uh uh, former uh, Arena Football League Rookie of the Year, um, uh, Greg Reed got his first start at DB for the Alouettes and his first start in the CFL. And uh, from what I saw, considering who he had to cover with SJ Green, uh, he had one hell of a debut. I mean, he was second in, tied for second in the, on the team with uh, with total tackles on the day. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, he was also replacing Dominique Ellis, who. Uh... Apparently now is well. He's pretty much done for the season with uh, surgery on his wrist, if I'm not mistaken. So that's uh, that's tough because Dominique's been a, a very solid player all year long. But now this gives up again 
when someone goes down, you got to have that next man up mentality. And that's where Greg Reed comes in. And you know, Tim, what he brings to the table just based on his arena experience. Uh, So I was definitely curious to see what he was going to do in an Alouette's uniform. And yeah, there was, uh, he he had one little boo-boo, but the rest of his game was extremely solid. And I think with a a little a little bit more seasoning, uh, a couple more games under his belt. Uh, I'm really curious to see what he can bring to the team in 2019. Yeah, yeah, I see. And unfortunately, that one boo-boo was the DPI in the end zone, which set up the winning touchdown for the Argos. Um, but, I mean, as I said, uh, for you wouldn't think with a with a, a raw CFL rookie, uh, especially on, on defense, uh, you know, they kept going to him, but it's he did what he needed to do. He really did what he needed to do. So, and for one of six, I, 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 for once, I actually listened to most of the game on the radio. Cliff, um, it seemed to be that he, that besides his his tackling, he seemed to be causing a little bit more problems too by running his mouth, and it makes me wonder: was that getting into the heads of the Argo receivers? Ooh. It's funny, like professionals aren't supposed to let trash talk get to them, but I mean, when someone's out there and just giving the lip. Sometimes it'll get in your head, especially if you're not expecting it either. So, I mean, if, if Greg Reed's out there trash-talking guys on, in his first game, you better be able to back it up. And I will say, by and large, he, he really did. I, I think uh, to have that sort of presence, a, a little bit of swagger, I think that's what's really been missing with the secondary this year. Yeah. Uh, whether it's because Mitchell White went down to injury and we lost him for the year. Uh, Dominique Ellis, too, uh, he can talk junk with some some of the best with the best of them so to have someone like reed come in like who the argos don't know from a hole in the wall i'm sure and like who the hell is this guy talking junk to me yeah I, I, yeah that's gonna get in your head a little bit i mean one of two things is gonna happen you're gonna show him up which is what they're hoping to do especially in sj green who believe me you don't want to if you're gonna throw the gauntlet at him you better come ready like if you're gonna take a shot at the king you better come you better not miss and yeah, for the most part, he had SJ well taken care of all day long. So kudos to him. Again, aside from that DPI, I mean, I think Reed played a very solid game in his debut. And as I said, I, I'm really curious to see going forward for the next two games uh, left in 2018. I'm really curious to see what else he can bring to the table. Yeah. Uh, what's funny, too, and I know you always have to side when you say this, but uh, Chip Cox was actually a beast also. He, he had two of the three sacks that the Alouettes had on defense this past weekend. Yeah, boy, that Kivis Reed's an idiot not trading him when he says most valuable. I mean, come on. <laughs> Kivis, buddy. Think of the draft picks you could have gotten for Chip Cox. Come on. Yeah. Way, that was said with tongue firmly planted. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, you better turn off your sarcasm. Anybody had the sarcasm meter, I bet you it was going off in their heads. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I don't know. It's, it just seems that whenever you think that the Alouettes have turned the corner, it's something just kind of seems to come back and bite them in the ass. And, and, you know, then there was that last play, which I want to talk about before we talk about uh, the, the, the Boris Bittis situation at, or in the post game. What's your, uh, what's your view of the, of Manziel being pulled on the last play of the game? And by the way, the dude really did seem upset about that call because the Alouettes had they were down I think down to their the Argos thirty five uh, right before uh, with under twenty seconds left and then he throws the he gets called for uh, intentional grounding and and in the post game he really seemed bothered by it which I'm I'm happy to see I'm actually mm-hmm. really happy to see that 
because it really bothered him that, you know, it pushed them back, uh, loss of down, and then they went ahead and made the, the, the change there for, uh, for the, the, the attempted Hail Mary. But first, Cliff, before we talk about the attempted Hail Mary, what's your, what's your thought on, on Mansell's reaction post-game to getting that uh, uh, intentional grounding call? Well, the one thing that I kind of took away from it right off the bat was just that was some terrible clock management. Now, I don't know if you blame Manziel for that or if you blame the coaching staff or what exactly, but they they had roughly about 20 seconds left. And again, if, if the play is not there, then get rid of the ball. That obviously makes sense. But I mean, Manziel had to have known a little bit too where the where the line was. Like he didn't reach the line of scrimmage, thus intentional grounding. And of course, that automatically means a loss of down. Now, when it came to pulling him for the last play with five seconds literally left on the clock. Yeah. At, th- at this point, if, if you're a gamer, you if you you want to finish this thing. I mean, the fact that the Alouettes believed in Mansell enough to give him the starts that they have, and even though he has not produced a win for them so far, this could have been the, that opportunity. And for them to pull Mansell, put Antonio Pipkin in, who was ice cold, hadn't thrown anything. The only game action he had was a couple of third down... Uh, like some short yardage attempts, uh, one which he fumbled, by the way. And again, I'm not trying to throw shade, but I mean, let's let's call it what it is. Like he just did not play a great game. But again, he also had extremely limited reps, so we can't really fault him for that either. But to to, to pull Manziel out, who basically got you to this point, and then you don't even execute the play that you want to, makes absolutely no sense. It's just baffling, like completely baffling. Yeah, and then. Post game, uh, Mike Sherman, the head coach, basically said he wanted someone with fresh legs out there. Like, what is fresh legs going to do at that point? You're just, you're trying to throw the ball, and these fresh legs, quote unquote, have been pretty much standing on the sidelines all the whole time. And um, by the way, did you not see Johnny sprint off to the locker room? I think his legs were pretty friggin' good at that point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but and again. All this would have been, like, if, if had Pipkin even managed to get the pass off, even if it was picked off, even if he didn't complete, like, he got all, it landed downfield and it was just short or whatever, at least, okay, fine, you can sort of justify it a little bit more. But then what happens? He gets sacked. Uh-huh. He gets sacked. Like, Johnny Mansell could have taken that sack. Vernon Adams could have taken that sack. Matthew Shields could take You and I could have taken that sack just as easily. And it would have accomplished the exact same thing. I just don't understand yeah, it. Yeah, AC could have come out of the uh, out of the Toronto uh, press box and taken that sack. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, like to me like okay, like it, it, you had you clearly had some sort of strategy or play in mind. I, I want to believe that. I'm, I'm believing you're not just pulling these plays out of your ass and just hoping it works. You clearly had a strategy in mind here, but you got to execute and you did not execute and that I put 100% at the feet of the coaching staff, and it is embarrassing, like beyond embarrassing to lose a game in that fashion. At that point, and if I'm Johnny Manziel, I'm sorry, but I'm I'm pissed. I, I'm hot at, at, at that. Just the thought that you would pull a stunt like that. And I think he was. I think he was, but he, he took it quite well. I mean, I saw some of the pictures. By the way, he, he traveled back on, on the fan train, which the, the fans were there, and I saw pictures that he was actually taking pictures and selfies and stuff with the fans. So he's he's you know he, he's adjusting to the CFL style and seems to be a little bit more open. But I you know I hope it's I hope it does stay in his head. And if he it looks like he is going to start this week, no matter what seemed the coach Sherman was hinting at post game, him and his will see. Um, 
I'm curious to know what type, which Johnny, which Johnny Manziel is going to come out. Uh, this uh, come out uh, this Sunday versus Toronto. Well, uh, I hope he's pissed off. I ho- I hope Johnny's pissed off, and I hope he takes it out on the Argos because I I, I honestly think like I'm I'm no f- I'm not a Johnny Manziel fan by any stretch. I don't hate the guy, but I don't think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread like most people do. Uh, I just want to see this team win, and if he's going to be the guy that's going to do it, then so be it. But I mean, he's zero and six as a starter. Like he's been given numerous opportunities to make this team his own, and I can see that there are steps being taken. But at the same time, he's being given very little to work with too. So I mean, it's sooner or later something's got to give. I mean, either Manziel's just got to find a way to power through this absolutely terrible coaching and just will this team to victory. Or this coaching t- staff just has to get their act together, and sooner rather than later would be nice. Because I mean, if if this staff's going to come back in 2019, I can tell you right now, I really don't have a whole lot of faith in any of it. Yeah. And that's the unfortunate part is you've got this quarterback that you know everybody's heralding to be the next potential great quarterback of the CFL. Like maybe this is this is going to be his place to play for long term, but we'll never truly know. Uh, I mean, it, it's just maddening, quite frankly. Like, as a fan, you're sitting there watching, what the hell is this? Like, what what are you supposed to make of all of this? And how do you even begin to explain it? Like, that's the thing I, I just couldn't wrap my head around was, how do you go about doing this? Like, you, you trusted Mansell for all the plays up into the last play of the game. Like, this is where your quarterback is supposed to either shine or falter. And this is where you find out where what your guy is made of. Right. Instead, you take him out you you take him out of the game for whatever reason i mean it was never made entirely clear what the thought process was other than this fresh legs nonsense and then you put another quarterback in to basically try to mop up and he can't even be he he can't even hold the broom properly like that's that's the thing i just don't understand like what are you thinking as uh, to this coaching staff like what are you thinking other than to if you're trying to alienate your entire team with this like baffling move i just i really truly don't understand it and i wish there was i wish someone could explain it to me in, in a logical way but i just i just don't see it i really don't see it tim oh i mean in johnny's six starts i mean he, he the team's only averaged 16.8 points per game you know the team overall so far uh through 16 games they're only averaging 17.2 so it's not it's not like it's not like the other quarterbacks have been above and beyond but i mean it's you know you know him and pipkin i think basically have have been the positives this year um you know it's when you have scored when you scored 20 points one two three four five six seven times this season seven times that's it you're not gonna you're not gonna win many games no and 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 then that's that's been the case so no and you give this whole song and dance about giving johnny every opportunity to succeed which is fine. If that's if that's your plan, then then so be it. But there's there's just been so many times where I, I look at this team and look at the offense that's being produced and just the drives that I've been seeing out of Manziel and company, and it's just been it's been maddening. Like like it just it, I, I've never seen such a, a dysfunctional unit as far as on the field goes, and it's it's very troubling because. Do you blame the players or do you blame the coaches? Like, this is the constant chicken and egg scenario that we've got going on. Like, well, if the coaches were better, the players would be better. Well, if the players would play better, the coaches might come up with better schemes and so on. Like, it's, I mean, there's more than enough blame to go around for everybody, but 
it really does make me wonder, especially with next season, like, are we going to see this coaching staff? I mean, if I'm Johnny Manziel, do I want to come back to this particular coaching staff? Well, that was going to be my question to you. I think of all the coaches, uh, 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 will we see, will we see Kahari back as the OC? Because I, I, you know, this, this, I think this harks back to what people were saying about him in, 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 in BC. Uh, maybe we need. I don't know. Maybe do we dare go for a change again, or are they going to go for or, you know, new uniforms, new look, new logo, new OC? I don't know. Do you think the team needs to go through go through another OC? It's hard to say. It's. Uh, I don't know. I. I wanted to believe that Kahari Jones was going to be answered because after so many years of lackluster, know-nothing offensive coordinators, we finally had someone that had CFL experience and was able to put together a couple of winning seasons out in BC. But now we've got this, and this is what I have a hard time wrapping my head around. Like, yeah. Are the players really as bad as what people think they are? But let's let's talk about you – know, oh, uh, before we talk about some of the other news that came across the wire and some stuff that we just want to mention – um, let's give our grades that we have been doing for, for most of the season. Let's get some, uh, our grades for the, for the team. Um, uh, what would you, uh, what would you give the, the offense for this game? What grade would you give them? D minus. Yes, they were able to score some points, uh, but they didn't get the job done first and foremost. And two, there were still too many drives where, uh, nothing was going to happen. Too many two and outs and, uh, Nothing seemed to really click. I mean, it's just it, – it, it's very emblematic of the Alouettes this season. There's been flashes of brilliance, but overall it's just been a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. So D-minus would have to be my grade. I'm going to give him – I think I'm going to give him a little bit better than that because Stanbeck uh, was uh, an absolute beast. I think he needs some more reps. I mean, uh, <laughs> look, look, what, look at Terrell Sutton's been doing in BC. When you run the ball, he's – What a concept. I know. <laughs> Um, it seems like us and Edmonton are having the same issue. Um, but I would, you know what, I, to be fair, I, I'd probably give them, a, I'd probably give them a C, I'd probably give the offense actually a C. Um, you, you know, again, there's still a lot to do. Unfortunately, there's only two games left, so you have to do something. Um, mm-hmm. defensive wise, what would you give the defense? Defense, I'd give, I'd give them a C. Again, they, they didn't stop, uh, Toronto from scoring, but, uh, Again, T. Von Campbell with his pick six. That was pretty nice. Uh, a lot of defensive tackles. Uh, I, I think for the most part, they were able to control the game and pretty much set the tone, which was great. It was just right. a matter of the offense just not wanting to come along for the ride. And sooner or later, you just chip away at things. And sooner or later, you're going to see little cracks forming. And that's pretty much what had happened as far as... Montreal just kind of falling apart in the fourth quarter. So I mean, I can't you can't completely blame the defense on the loss, but uh, I think overall, I think we saw what we've come to expect out of Montreal defensively. So I mean, I I'll give them a solid C, not not a good grade, but they were not terrible either. So I think they were pretty much right in the middle, right where I'd expect them to be. Yeah, I think that's that's what I would that's what I was thinking of giving them also as a C. Um, actually, I'm going to actually revise my, my offense <laughs> after thinking about it. Cause you just reminded me because really, there was, there really wasn't anything j- besides the, uh, you know, the one passing touchdown, which is a gorgeous passing touchdown, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. and the pick six. So, uh, that's on the defense. Uh, like, uh, so I'm going to revise my offense. I, I will give them, uh, I will give them a C, I will give them a, uh, I actually, I, I'll give them a, a C minus and I will give the, the defense because of that. I will give the defense a C plus. 
because they, you know, they did what they needed to do when they could. It's just that, you know, unfortunately, the offense did not help them in any way, shape, or form. So, which is the broken record mm-hmm. that is the 2018 season. So, yeah. uh, a few things that we want to talk about before we t- uh, bring up this week's return game with the Toronto Argonauts and the home finale for the 2018 season. Um, do want to mention uh, that. Um, one thing I did do, you have to watch him online, is Matt Sharp. He's a guy that takes um, photos from whether it be the NFL or CFL or whatnot, and he does a, he does them in a, he takes an actual photo and does a custom print for them. Um, I can say that I'll put it out on social media once I do get it. I was actually a winner of the one from uh, Ernest, a signed Ernest Jackson photo, and you saw it, Cliff. It the dude is amazing in what he does with these photos, eh? Oh, without question. Uh, I, I'm actually. I'm the proud owner of a very nice piece from Matt, uh, a beautiful Carey Price photo, which looks absolutely amazing. I mean, pretty much everything he touches turns to gold, and he does focus a lot on football, which is amazing. Uh, the University of Guelph actually recruits him to do their do a lot of their their hype print as far as uh, uh, like schedules, uh, posters, uh, anything like that to help promote the t- the football team. And I tell you, it's just amazing, amazing stuff. So, I mean, Matt's definitely a great guy, does amazing work, loves the CFL. And, so, I mean, and, he's, and Canadian. Yes, absolutely Canadian. Uh, I said the, all the CFL stuff, amazing. In fact, uh, just the other day, he came out with this great print of uh, Dondre Wright, who's the, uh, yes. the safety for the Alouettes. And, oh, man, like just everything he touches turns to gold practically. Like Matt just does – amazing amazing work and I, I tell you i would almost go so far as say you haven't made it in the canadian football league unless matt does one of your edits and the, the guy's just on fire like he just does amazing stuff yeah uh, i i agree i agree um i and i said i once i do get the photo the i will uh, make sure that i uh, i put out on social media because it's uh 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 i'll be proud of it and i'll be proud to, to hang it up i gotta get it framed and whatnot so um, the second thing that we mentioned that we're talking about before is about what do you think about Bede's, uh, refusal to take any questions post game after, after the, 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 the loss at Toronto? Pretty much. I think it's, can't think of anything positive about that. I, I mean, I'm sorry. Like Betty has been so inconsistent since being part of the Alouettes for every once in a while, he'll have an amazing game and he'll bring back that hope. And then he just sort of tails off and is inconsistent at best i mean thing away from the fact that this guy can kick a football when he's inspired he can kick the stuffings out of a football yeah i mean his punting is always on point uh field goals i mean when he's good he's good but when he's bad he is bad and i really think it comes down to the fact that there's just he's had little to no competition over the three years really truly the only time he's ever been replaced really is when he's been injured we justify a lot of the reasons as to why he hasn't done what he's done. Uh, I, I think the fact that uh, being a former Rouge Or star kind of got him in the door, so to speak. But I mean, it's not necessarily going to keep him here. And I, I have to wonder if maybe it is time to move on from Bede because, yes, he is French, uh, not Quebecois, but he is French speaking. So, I mean, that's definitely great for the Alouettes. But I just find uh, a lot of his kicking has left. Uh, a lot to be desired and there's been a lot of times where he's been the only scoring scoring scorer on this team uh but at a certain point you need more than that like 
I, I just find that his game has just been lackluster at best. Like he's done just enough to get by. And it seems every, like every time the Alouettes try to add another kicker to the, even to the practice squad, then he ramps up and then he realizes, oh, okay, now he, it lights a fire under him. Gets a little bit, it gets a little bit more competitive. But then it almost feels like once the Alouettes get rid of that competition, he goes back to coasting and back to sort of that complacency. And that's not good either, especially if you're trying to win football games. I, I, I just can't help but wonder if maybe the Alouettes really need to think about moving on from him. Well, I, my thought is is that if you need to take you need to basically face the music, if you basically would seem to be one of the main causes for for this team to to at least lose the game or possibly tie the game, you need to you need to take your lumps. No more you know sulking. I'm not going to take any questions. Da 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 da. You know you had a bad punt, which also set up something else. You know you missed those two field goals. Uh, maybe it would be in the Alouette's best case to go ahead and use that other French Canadian kicker that they have on the practice roster uh they actually don't have him anymore oh man <laughs> that but that's my point this is what i was talking about yes they did add uh, felix menard or briere menard or menard briere i'm sorry i, I screw up his name uh, they did have him on the practice roster and sure enough bede was starting to snap snap out of his funk and was actually being very uh very good uh, i think it was one game he actually made uh three or four field goals like four, he went four for four, if I'm not mistaken. And once again, the Alouettes decide, okay, well, I guess we don't need another kicker. Release Menard Briere. And now Bede is back to coasting. Because especially now at this point of the season, well, what are they going to do? Get rid of me at this point? No. Bring someone else in? Okay, fine, whatever. Like, there's just that, there's no sense of urgency. There's no, there's, there's nothing else. So, yeah, at this point, what, what can you do? I, I mean, I know a good, good field goal kicker is very hard to find. I mean, Unless we have a security guard at uh, Percival Molson Stadium that all of a sudden wants to uh, take a shot at it. I mean, it worked for Ottawa, so. <laughs> Why not? But yeah, you know what? I, I don't think that they should have, if, if they had kept the, the the other kicker on on the roster, that they should have played him this week. It, it's really ridiculous. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what happens in the, I guess, in the offseason because it doesn't like the Alouettes are going to be doing anything going forward. So um, as the Alouettes announced today, um, you know, they're uh, sad to announce that the the passing of former Alouettes coach and head coach Rod Rust. Um, he was the head coach for the one season with the Montreal Alouettes, uh, and he went nine and eight on the season. But he was with the Alouettes for you know th- three different times during his career. So, um, just unfortunately, was one year as head coach. Uh, he started off at nine and two, lost six straight, and then I think that was the first time that that. Uh, um, Jim Pop stepped in as the head coach and took over for him. Uh, took over as head coach. So it is very tough when you lose a, a member uh, of the of the Alouettes family. So uh, every, you know, we we give our, our thoughts and uh, send positive thoughts out to uh, out to the family. And uh, as I said, it's it's not easy to lose uh, uh, to lose a, a family member. Uh, within the Alouettes organization. Yeah, definitely our our condolences to the the Rust family, and uh, I, I sincerely hope that the Alouettes do pay tribute to to Coach Rod uh, this Sunday. Just a even just a quick moment of silence, I think, would be the very least that they could do. Quite frankly, to honor someone from from their past. I mean, Rod Rust isn't necessarily remembered in the most fondest of lights due to the fact that yes, he did start nine and two, but then also it seemed more like people focused on the six losses yeah. that led to his dismissal. Uh, I mean, that's, I guess that's, that's what happens. So once you, 
it's it's what have you done for me lately? That's that's football for you. But I, I sincerely hope the Alouettes do this Sunday. Take a moment and uh, remember the uh, the life of uh, of Rod Rust. And uh, again, my condol- my condolences on behalf of everybody here at the flight deck to the Rust family. And uh, yeah, it's rest in peach. Co- rest in peach, coach. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that was a tongue twister all I know, of a sudden. I, I know. Um, do not forget that we are on social media. There are multiple places where you can find us. Probably the best places you can look and find us is over at Twitter. That's uh, at Alouette's FL Deck over at our Facebook page. Just search for Alouette's Flight Deck. And then if you want to listen to all of the archives of the Alouette's Flight Deck from day one, there and you can do so over uh, at uh, www.alouette'sflightdeck.ca. Or other locations such as iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and Spotify. All right. Last home game of the season. I know the Alouettes do have some pretty cool stuff planned. Uh, they said they're going to be giving away up to $10,000. $10,000 worth of, 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 of prizes and stuff like that? I was like, what? What the what? Um, I, I took it as there was 10,000 prizes. But, oh, I, I mean, did I read it wrong? I guess I, I maybe I read it wrong. I, what what is interesting to note though is apparently the 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 way they're going to be giving out some of these prizes though is they're apparently handing out a something that looks like a deck of cards and I guess that will correspond to your prize. I'm not entirely sure. It it didn't seem quite clear. Uh, again, if apologies to the team if we're not promoting this right or not explaining it ourselves properly, but that was the the gist of it from what I got of it. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 fan appreciation day, and Lord knows the Alouettes better appreciate each and every one of their fans at this point because uh, team hasn't really given the team or the team really hasn't given their fans a whole lot to cheer about. So let's hope that at least this last home game, if you can kind of finish off the season on a bit of a high note, that'd be that'd be really awesome. I think the fans would definitely appreciate. You know, this is their last chance to see their team until next June. So. Uh, I essentially hope that this team, uh, the organization, goes all out and uh, does everything they can to make this uh, last home game uh, a memorable experience for everybody. Yeah, and I must be wrong because I'm, I'm on the web page too. And oh, here it is. Uh, oh, this is this is what I think it was. Uh, okay, uh, it's the first 10,000 fans to step inside this step foot inside the stadium will receive your very own special deck of cards, player and cheerleader collectible cards, plus gift gift cards for 500 fans. Also can win a, a season ticket membership, winter coat, tickets for the 19th season uh, for the opener, which I think is what they're doing over, the, over these past five days. And there will be a 40% discount on almost everything. And I'm saying it that way on purpose. I know mm. they say I know they do say it's it's 40% off everything there. Oh, there's the certain yeah, there we go. Certain conditions com- certain conditions. So um, no, that, that that's cool. That's cool. Uh, as I said, it's. You know, I, I would hope that they would give us some more teasers about this New Jersey. That'd be really cool. I mean, but again, I think also, too, they're maybe hoping fans will have forgotten or weren't paying attention. And maybe this is their last chance to liquidate all their stock because new stuff will be coming in next year, folks. So uh, in theory, this would be the time to stock up on Alouette stuff. But understand that it will look dated after next year. So just something else to keep in mind i mean i don't know i mean hey if you still want a johnny football shirt i'm sure they'll be more than happy to sell you one <laughs> yeah you know but it's you know to, to be fair though i mean it's uh, you have stuff that becomes collector's items look at the delta logo cliff you know what i mean so it's 
you know, when the team relaunched in 96 and brought back their, you know, what is their current, really the current logo now, you know, people still were, still, uh, were pining for the old Delta logo as, as we were this year. So mm-hmm. as I said, this is probably going to make the it more interesting, even more for what, whatever the team is going to do and whatever is launched by, uh, whatever is launched in, in, in March. So, or sorry, in February. So, February. so we'll, we'll see. Uh, but again, this, again, last chance to, uh, Come on out and last chance to take part in the tailgate, uh, watch some live football here in Montreal. I mean, it's I, I know the weather is not supposed to be all that great. Uh, I won't say the dreaded S word, but I saw that in the forecast and I, I sincerely hope that was uh, that that doesn't come to pass. But uh, at the end of the day, it's still a chance to watch some live football. Last chance to support your guys, show them that you care. I, I want to believe that they're going to put their best foot forward and uh Hey, we're also going to see a lot of former Alouettes too in uh, with the with the Argos coming to town That's for true. the last game. Yeah. So, who knows, right? I mean, God forbid. I I just I, I really hope just send the fans home happy. I mean, this has not been the best year for the Alouettes. At least send the fans home with four victories instead of three. I I, I really don't think that's too tall of an order. No, no. Let's get more than one win at home. That that's that's the thing. Let's get another win at home. Speaking of the game itself, the Alouettes have said it's the uh, second game of the home-at-home versus the Argos. Uh, since 2013, the Alouettes are only 3-5 and five in uh, back-to-back games with the team. Um, currently, the uh, Alouettes are favored by two points uh, with an over-under of 49.5. Um, curious to know what's changed from the game last week where they were <laughs> where they were four point underdogs uh or whatever it was um i you know we've seen this team all season as i said that what uh, you talk about the dreaded s word I, I, well that can mean many things including scoring uh what <laughs> what what does this team need to do to beat this this argos team well they had it figured out for the most part last week mm-hmm. so i would almost say like do what you did last week Except score more, score more points. I mean, there's you, you saw what you have with William Stanbeck. The guy, you said it yourself. The guy was a beast, absolute beast. Uh, he, it was first hundred yard rushing game. Why not keep handing the ball off to him? Especially if Manziel still, for whatever reason, isn't able to connect. I mean, but again, going twenty three for thirty tells me he's connecting. So something's something is starting to click there. Yeah, for him. I, I guess better late than never, but uh, I think if you if you come forth with a a more variety attack, keep the girl, the ball on the ground, keep keep Toronto guessing because they too really don't have much to play for either, other than pride. As far as I'm concerned, if Montreal just keeps scoring, like they they had it down last week defensively, but weren't able to capitalize on opportunities on offense, and I think that's going to be the key more than anything else. Is they've got to score. They've just got to find ways to get into the end zone. They cannot just settle for field goals, especially if Bede's just been kind of hot and cold like he has been the past little while. At this point, go for it. You've really got nothing to lose. So, yeah. hell, just pad your stats. Even I mean, let let Manziel throw for four touchdowns. Let William Standback run roughshod over this Argos team. Uh, at this point, there's really nothing left to left to lose. So, just let it all hang out. Really, I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? You lose? Oh no! Like we've never seen that before. Yeah. So, just go for it, man. That's that's what this team needs to do. Is just throw everything, like throw all caution to the wind, and just 
just go for it. And really, truly, I, I think uh, the Argos are just going to, they just want to get out of, out of Montreal with as little headache as possible. And at, at least send the fans home happy with a, a win. I, I, I can't overstate just, just do that much for them. I mean, Otherwise, you're going to end up with another three and fifteen season because I truly don't think next week in Hamilton, even if Hamilton clinches or doesn't clinch, regardless of where they end up in in the playoffs, they're going to make the playoffs and they're either going to be the first or the second seed in the East. Right. No matter what, I, I don't think they're going to rest any of their starters. I don't think anything's going to change, and I don't see Montreal winning that game at all. So, this truly is the last chance, as far as I'm concerned, that the Alouettes have to redeem themselves even just a little bit just a, a, a just a little bit of pride i i think this is their really truly the best chance to do so so do it send the fans home happy or at least happier than they would have been otherwise and just that's that's what they got to do they just got to they just got to score they just got to find a way to win that's all there is to it yeah i agree i think there's really much else we can say i mean it's it's just yeah let's get us another win let's close out the the home season with another win uh, again, versus Toronto, uh, that's what it would be. Um, and like I said, it, it just takes one step. And maybe getting this fourth win, I would hope, would, would catapult this team into something better heading into, into the 2019 season. So it's, I, I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say. Um, I mean, 4-14 four, four and 14 still isn't much to write home about. But again, last time I checked, 4-14 four and 14 is better than 3-15. and 15. And if we were to post two consecutive years of three and fifteen football, again, that's just going to lead to even more questions. That's going to lead to even more doubt. I mean, I'm not saying four and fourteen isn't, but at the end of the day, you're looking at two consecutive seasons of three and fifteen football. That tells me that whatever plan you have in place isn't working. Yeah, and that too is going to have to. It's going to have to lead to changes. It's going to mean that someone higher up has to be paying attention and has to, you know take their head out of the sand and realize that, oh my God, my football team is a complete shambles and what can I do to fix it? Yeah. Something. Is there anything we can, I don't know. As a fan, you can just hope for the best. I mean, you know, the, the, these games, these games, these Sunday games this year have not been, you know, the weather-wise, they've been garbage and the team hasn't been playing that well and uh, let's do something. Come on. Let's, <laughs> let's get that win, please. You know, I didn't win the Powerball, so let, can I at least get a win? Exactly. I mean, no Lotto Max, no six forty nine. Like, just this is all we got, man. This is. Man. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, don't forget that there is, if you're a season ticket holder, that there is the uh, the year end uh, tailgate. Cliff, I will see you there. I will. I have an extra ticket. I can forward along to you. So we'll head over to the season ticket holders tailgate uh, for a little while. That thing opens at ten thirty. Ay, 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 ay. Um, um, and well, yeah, I was gonna say it's not like I'm going to church or anything like that. So don't don't that, worry uh, about that. This is our church. That's right, the church of football. <laughs> yeah. So and again, if you haven't gone to a game, you know, um, this this would be the best time to go. They're giving away some prizes and stuff like that, and, and so uh, just go and have fun. I think it's really that. That's all it is. Just go and have fun. Put it behind you. Start thinking about 2019 because it hasn't come out yet, so we're still waiting to see what the changes are for the season tickets for next year. I think the Alouettes are going to be they're going to be announcing that after this podcast is out on Wednesday. So 
um, stay tuned and we will make sure that we post some information on on our social media feeds, whether that be the Alouettes Flight Deck one at Alouettes FL Deck, mine at Repact, R-E-P-P-A-C-T, or at Cliff's at Cliffy D. So we'll make sure that you you guys are up to date on all the information that comes from uh, the team, whether it be that related or whether it be uh, whether it be related for uh, uh, for the new for the new uniforms. Who knows? Who knows? And by the way, if you want to hear more about the uniforms itself and you missed last week's episode, uh, you can still listen to the full interview with Matt, TSN's Matthew Shinetti. It is over at otherwiseflightdeck.ca, and you can listen to the uh, all the inside information, which he completely surprises about, and some insider information on, on these new uniforms. So head over there and uh, and take a listen after you finish this podcast. So before we- I mean, I mean, it's definitely uh, it's definitely some good stuff there, and again. We don't really have a whole lot to get excited about here in Montreal, but and new uniforms are not going to save this team. I think there's, I, I, I'm sure I've stated this before, but there's so many other things that need to be fixed. But it's a step in the right direction, I think, at least based on what, from what uh, Matt Shinetti told us, and just based on what we've seen so far, even in a very limited capacity. I mean, like I said this could just be the start of something big. So. I'm personally curious to see what's going to happen. I'm really looking forward to seeing what's going to be unveiled in February. And who knows? Maybe this is just going to be what it takes to really get Montreal and the Alouettes back on track. I mean, call me crazy, but who knows? I, I, I've seen stranger things in this league, and maybe that's all it takes is just just one little thing. Something simple like uh, a whole new uniform, a new look for, for your team could make all the difference in the world, at least as far as changing the attitude. And who knows? Maybe... Something like that will just spark something within this team. I mean, something has to. So, I mean, yeah. Who knows? Maybe this. Maybe this is it. it who ha- knows? Right. Ha- hashtag hope springs eternal. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, Cliff. Well, sir, I will see you with the game. Um, and fans, we will talk to you guys next week to uh, talk about the season, uh, the home finale for the Alouettes. Uh, so, for everybody here at the Alouettes Flight Deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on final approach. Take off to the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off to the great white north. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.